Well, I've got some great news for you today. You don't have to walk in bondage anymore. I'm telling you, I've got great news today. You can walk in freedom. You can break free from all that junk that the enemy's been attacking you with. And it is truth. And so today I do want to talk to you about breaking free so we literally can walk in freedom that God's given to us. You know, I grew up, I was blessed to be able to grow up in an awesome Christian home. Great, awesome dad, mom, four crazy sisters, but that, that's, not, that's another story. But uh, I, I, I was blessed, and we, we went to a great, powerful evangelical church. It was a great thing, but honestly... Even with a great home, great Christian home, great church, I didn't know anything about spiritual warfare. And I got beat up. I did. I got beat up. But, and, and I began to have a roller coaster type of ride. I don't know if you've ever had that. But in the summers, when I'd go to camp, I'd get all excited and I'd rededicate my life. I'd repent. I mean, I'm talking, I would cry. And I mean, I need Kleenexes and stuff. And God would, I mean, it was powerful. But then it seemed like as the weeks went by, as the months went by, I leaked. And all that feeling was just gone. And I ended up doing things I wish I wouldn't do. I'd hang with people I wish I wouldn't have hung with. And in places I wish I wouldn't have been in. And this happened. And then the summer would come again. And then I, I would do it again. And, and it was genuine, people. I was serious. I was like, Lord, everything I have, everything I am, I'm yours. I found out that I was just really getting beat up by the enemy. My sophomore year in college, that is when God got a hold of me. And when I got a hold of his truth and I broke free, never, ever, ever, ever to go back. Free. Now, ever since then, it's been almost 40 years, I've had battles, and I haven't won every battle, but I'm winning the war. I am winning the war, and I am learning all along the way how to win in a greater way for myself, for my family, for my marriage, for my children, and for all the people that I influence. I declare that I am a winner. I'm more than a conqueror. And even though I might lose a battle, I will win the war because God has already said and provided for me to be able to win that war. And during these 40 years of walking with the Lord, doing ministry much of the time, I've been kind of saddened to see the body of Christ. There's so many great things going on in the body of Christ, especially here at Church 1132. But generally speaking, people who are Christians, people who have said yes to Jesus, it saddens me to see all the people who are hurting, all the people who are in bondage, all the people who walk in defeat. And there's no reason for it. I don't understand why, why, why when Jesus has done everything possible for us to walk in freedom, we still walk in bondage. And so in the church, there's no doubt, uh, there, there's just no doubt that there's so many people who have a, some type of addiction. There's addictions, there's, there's confusion that goes on. We have people that are dealing and paralyzed with fear and anxiety. We have people that struggle with pornography and lust. 
and all the impurity things that go with that. We have people that literally are obsessed and compulsive. We have people that struggle desperately with depression and heaviness. We have people that are worrying needlessly. We have people that walk in guilt and shame and condemnation. And I want you to understand something. The Bible says that He has set us free. The Scripture says very clearly that that He who the Son sets free is free indeed. So we should be walking in freedom. And it's sad to me to see so many people at times not walking in freedom. I've done the funerals of addicts. I've done the counseling of marriages that are broken up. I've prayed for the people who've been so depressed they can't get out of bed. We have connected with youth that come in that are strung out on drugs and lust. We've seen this. And it's sad. But I want you to know that we don't have to stay there. There's a better message. The gospel is good news and we don't have to walk in bondage. We don't have to die with this stuff. It doesn't always have to be on us. Why can't we let Jesus take it? Why can't we let Jesus do it? And you're going, Pastor, I've been trying. I understand that. And that's why I want to talk with you today. And I want to give you some truths to be able to help you walk through it. The problem is many of us have strongholds, demonic strongholds. Pastor Terry Moore describes strongholds. He defines it as it's a thought pattern that is contrary to the word of God. It's contrary to the word of God. And it brings us into defeat. So a stronghold defeats us. It, 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 he goes on to say it's a mindset, a way of thinking that causes us to feel hopeless. I wonder, are you, you feeling hopeless today? Do you feel defeated today? Are you struggling today with the same old thing that's been beating you up for all these times? Now, I understand the world at times, the world will give depression and other things you know, like nice names, and we call them diseases, you know, and, and there are a lot of other things that we'll call diseases now, and the reason why we call them diseases because we don't know how to deal with them, okay, and we'll, we'll talk about mental illness, and, and I understand, I'm not, try, I'm not a doctor, I'm not playing a doctor or anything like that, all I'm saying is, is that we call a lot of different things that we don't know how to deal with, and the doctors don't know how to deal with it, and we call it mental illness. Now, along with a whole bunch of other things, basically God usually calls that kind of stuff demonic strongholds. It's contrary to the Word of God. It says, in His presence there's fullness of joy. So if we're not walking in joy, it's contrary to the Word of God. So we need to find out. We, need to, we don't need to go find somebody who will agree with our depression, somebody who agree with our fear, our phobias, and give us a name. We need to look at God's Word and see what God's Word says. But when our life, our emotions, our mind, will, and emotions are not in step with God's Word, what's great, it's not that we have to get beat up. 
It's a great news. We can go to God's Word. And like, man, this is awesome. God can do something. I'm here today to declare to you that you can be free. You can break through. So today I want to talk to you about the subject of being a breaker. I know we've been doing this series, and, we, and Pastor's done a phenomenal job. And I want, you to, I want you to continue in this series and this thought that you can literally be a breaker. You can break the power and the strategies of the enemy over your life. You don't have to just take it. You don't have to take it from the enemy. You can break through. A friend of mine a number of years ago was really struggling with depression. Really struggling. And he was having a difficult time, and he got to a point to where, you know, he, he was needing to take medicine, and he was taking Prozac, and, and, so, and, and it was numbing his senses. He hated it. And I know there are many people, even here today or listening today, that, that you're struggling. There's much compassion. You know, I've walked with Lisa through a lot of depression issues as well. And so there's a lot of empathy, a lot of compassion that I have for people who are hurting and struggling and this is not to beat up. This is to encourage. And I want to encourage you today. I want you to believe for something different than what you have. And I know you want to believe for something different. And I'm just joining with you and your faith and the belief that you've been having. And maybe you just need a little, little oomph of faith. And today I'm going to help give it to you, okay? So my friend was really struggling. And he, he got, and he hated it, and he hated taking medicine. It made him feel bad. And, and he would just, and then he would stop taking it. And then his wife and his children say, you, stop, you need to get back on that medicine. They're struggling. He found out that we were praying for people and we were praying for strongholds and the power of God to fall upon the enemy and people were getting set free. And he began to press in. He began to fast and pray and seek the Lord. He was listening to messages on freedom, going in the Word and seeing the Scripture and then one night, I remember after church, he came up to me. He says, Pastor, I want you to pray for me. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm so sick of this depression. I'm sick. And I'm like, whoa, okay. What's going on here? And I'm like, well, I really need to go. No, don't go home. I want you to pray for me. And so we got together and we started praying for him. And that night, we saw God do an absolute powerful, powerful move in his life. God reached down and touched this man literally right before our eyes, set him free from depression, from the drugs. And this is many, many, many years later, he is still walking in freedom today. There's hope for you. There's hope for you. You don't have to die with that. You don't. There's hope for you. For anyone here that is addicted, there's hope for you. God is wanting to touch us. He's wanting to free you. Believe you me, He wants you free and whole way more than you want to be free and whole. God's got great plans for you. Now, I know that there's some people probably here today or watching online. It's a little bit of an uncomfortable subject, and I understand that. And we're talking about the enemy and darkness and demons and all that. I'm not trying to scare anybody at all. I'm really, really, really trying to help you. We also have people that kind of skeptics and religious people probably that look at this and, well, power God doesn't do that anymore and that doesn't work. And I just want you to understand something. 
there's no way you can convince me it doesn't. I'm the convinced, okay? It's the, hey, the horse is out of the stall, okay? I know for a fact what God has done in my life, in my wife's life, and many other people's lives. Hundreds and hundreds of people have we seen set free. You know, I, I think about all the men that we've prayed over that were bound in lust, they were bound with pornography and adultery and even going to prostitute some of them. And we've seen God touch them and heal them and break them from these strongholds. You see, it's too late to try to convince me, but I'm going to try to convince you today, okay? We've seen too many people. We've had young people that have come literally strung out on drugs, full of lust, full of addiction. And we've seen them, God touch them at a conference or an event. And we've seen God touch them and heal them and deliver them. So it's too late to try to convince me. Don't need to send your emails to me. It won't work, okay? I've already hook, line, and seeker. I'm in. I can give you chapter and verse and experience, the practical and the spiritual for every bit of it. I think about the young lady this past year that we, Lisa and I, had an opportunity to pray with. She had been hurt growing up in a tough home at times, and, and there was some sexual abuse that had happened and other types of abuse, and she was a broken person. And just being able to spend time with her and help her and walk her through some things, but there was a time when she had what they call a dissociation disorder, okay? And once again... That's what the world calls things. God usually just calls them demonic strongholds. You don't have to agree with me. Will you just listen to me, though? Will you just give me a chance? About 20 more minutes, just give me a chance, and I'll try my best to convince you according to God's Word, but also to see that you'd be encouraged by these stories. And we spent time with her, and we began to pray over her. We began to, 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 to claim the power of God, the power that's in the cross, the power of the blood of Jesus, the power in God's Word, and the power in the name of Jesus. And we were claiming in faith, in faith, and she was joining with us. And we literally saw her get free. We literally saw her get whole and that stuff went away and she's whole today, right now. I think about the young mother that came to us that was tormented. Her mind was literally tormented. Total fear. Total timidity. Fearful. Struggling. Almost like feeling like she's insane. Spending over $100,000 with doctors, medicine, going to, going, going to mental hospitals, trying to get some help. And I remember her looking at me when she finally got a hold that God can actually do this. And she looked at me and she said, please pray with me. They got their claws in my mind. The scripture says that God looked at the multitudes with compassion in his heart. And he healed them. And that night we saw God do an absolute powerful miracle in her life. And she was never the same again. I remember a grandmother that came to our church and she'd had an accident three years before. And since the accident, 
She, she had been having these grand mal seizures. And uh, not that I think accidents call grand, cause grand mal seizures, but I don't know the brain or all that kind of stuff. All I know is in the Bible, when someone had a seizure, J- Jesus cast the demon out of them and they were healed. That's all I got is the Bible, okay? That's it. And so that's what he did, and I figured that's probably what we ought to do. And so we're praying, and, and, and she'd had 30, 70 of these grandma seizures over the last three years. Highly medicated, highly medicated and monitored by the doctors. We began to pray for her and we literally saw the power of God touch this grandmother. And we saw in Jesus' name this thing broken off of her. She was literally totally changed whole. And you say, well, what happened when she left? Or what? Okay, let me just tell you something. Here's what it is. This is not faking it. This is not smoke and mirrors. I'm telling you the truth. I could bring her up today, all right? So that's over 20 years ago that happened. I see her still to this day, every once in a while, maybe uh, once a year, once every two years, go hug her neck and visit with her. And I always say, any more seizures? Not one. Not one. Not one. Always lifts her hand. She knows where she was. So here's the deal. You, 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 you can't convince me, but I'm praying that today, Someone will be convinced today to believe for something greater, believe for something more, that really realize that Jesus didn't just die on the cross for your salvation, but he died for your pain. He died for your sickness. He died for your destructions is what the scripture says. So what did all these people have in common? Every one of them had had in common that they were breakers. I mean, they were breakers. Every one of them were hungry. Every one of them were desperate. Every one of them were bowed up in the faith and the word welling up inside of them. And God touched him. I don't know about you, but I want to be a breaker. I want to be a breaker. And if you and and if you want to be a breaker, this is what I want you to understand. The first step of breaking free from the power of the enemy is knowing truth. Okay, the Bible says that the truth will make you free. The truth will set you free. The truth will break you free. So first truth that we got, I got three truths today, all right, and a bunch more in between, all right? So the first is that we live in a war. There's a spiritual war going on. There is a spiritual war in the heavenlies that's happening. Ephesians chapter 6 Verse 11 and 12, put on all of God's armor so that you'll be able to stand firm against the schemes, the trickery, all right? He's a trickery kind of guy, all right? Against the schemes of the devil, the strategies of the devil. Verse 12, for we are not, we're not fighting against flesh and blood. So much of our battle is here on the earth. So much of our battle is in the natural. So much of our battle is in the practical. And he says we're not fighting against flesh and blood. Okay? But against rulers, evil rulers, authorities of the unseen world, against the mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. So our war is a heavenly war. Our war is in the spirit. Our war is in the unseen. And so, but much of the time, we battle in the seen and in the natural and in the practical only. And so, 
Let me just say this. We are at war. Whether you acknowledge it or not, we're at war. If you are a believer in Christ Jesus, the blood of Jesus covers you. I want you to understand there's an assignment not only for God, but there's an assignment for the enemy. And the enemy is at war with you. He wants, to, he wants to destroy you. He wants to destroy your family. He wants to destroy your marriage. He wants to destroy your children. He wants to destroy your call and your purpose on this earth. You know, this war is in the unseen world. I remember a few years ago, uh, we had some termites. And I, I didn't know what it was. You know, I kind of suspected, but I'm like, is that water damage? What is this? And, and I'm like, I pulled it back. I'm like, this wood is rotten. That's termites. That ain't right. Termites in my house. And so I called the termite guy, okay? So the termite guy came and he looked. He goes, yep, you got termites. I'm like, well, I appreciate that. Can you do something? He said, yeah, for a pretty penny. And he, well, it was a pretty penny to get, taken, get it taken care of. So, but if you ever buy my house, it's taken care of. It's done forever, all right? This is what he said. And, and when he said this, I'm like, whoa, whoa. Let me, and, and I went and wrote it down. Even though you don't see them or know that they're there, they're trying to destroy the very foundation and structure of your house just like demons you can't see them but you better know you better know that they're there and deal with them or they'll destroy you pastor tony evans who's awesome he's a great he's a great preacher and uh, he has a quote and i hate to even do it because i can't even you know how he, he preached he's so good but this is what he said is if all you see is what you see then you don't see all there is to be seen. If all you see is what you see, what you see, then you, then you do not see all there is to be seen. I remember for the first 12 years of my Christian life, I never knew anything about spiritual warfare. And honestly, my spiritual foundation was getting eaten up. And honestly, the enemy was trying to destroy me if you're not aware of what's going on in the spirit realm okay you'll never break through in the earthly realm it's just not going to happen if you're not aware of what's going on in the spirit realm you're not have breakthrough right here it ain't going to happen so first of all we're in a spiritual war secondly satan is our enemy i mean these are not real hard points are they i think we're good all right there's a war and Satan is the bad guy, all right? So some of you think about Satan. You might think that he's in a red, you know, outfit with horns and pitchfork. That's not Satan, okay? Not even close to Satan. But you, what you do need to understand that Satan is omnipresent, okay? He's not omnipresent. He can't be everywhere at one time. He's also not omniscient. He can't know everything at one time, okay? But you do need to understand that demons are assigned to us. Not only are angels assigned to us, but demons are assigned. And they want to destroy. And what they do is they track us. They study us. They strategize a plan to literally unleash hell upon us. Lisa had to use my computer for a little bit because her was, hers was down and and it was really an interesting thing because after a couple of days, I began to start getting certain ads, okay? 
I wasn't all that smart to know what was going on, but I was a little bit taken off, you know, whenever I'm getting makeup ads. I'm like, what? Ulta? I hate that store, you know? I'll go in any store with you. I don't, I will not go in the Ulta store. I'm done with that, all right? I did it when we were newlyweds. I don't have to do it anymore, so... Women's bathing suits. I mean, you're at staff meeting and you got women's bathing suits. What? I am not looking at women's bathing suits. What is going on? There was a lady. I'm not kidding. There was a lady who was trying to hit, hit on me. Her name was Kendra Scott. I mean, I don't even know who a Kendra is. I don't know Kendra. I, believe you me, I know Kendra. I do know Kendra. Better than I want to know Kendra, for sure. This... The cyber demons, okay, is what I call them. <laughs> they know everywhere, everything that we have done on the websites. Every site we've ever visited, everything I've ever looked at, and everything that I've ever, ever searched. Much like real demons. You see, Satan has been given a marketing strategy, okay, to sell you something that's not very good. And he knows exactly every move that you've made over the years, every action, every reaction. He knows your trigger points. He knows everything about you. So, no, he doesn't read our minds, but it's kind of like, Lisa doesn't read my mind, but doesn't she? I mean... It's the truth. She knows. She knows what I'm thinking. So it's important for us to know who this enemy is. And so very quickly, I'm going to go through some scriptures, and you can jot them down. Uh, and just to tell you a little bit uh, what the Bible says about Satan. Number one, Satan is the deceiver. Revelation 12, verse 9, it says it very clearly. He's the serpent called the devil. He's Satan. He's the one that deceives the whole world. Secondly, Satan accuses us day and night. Revelation 12, verse 10. For the accuser of the brothers and sisters has been thrown down to the earth. The one who accuses them before God day and night. You wonder why you feel condemned. You wonder why you feel guilty. You wonder why you feel shame. You wonder why you deal with fear. It's because he's condemning us all the time. Satan also is a murderer and a father of lies. The scripture says in John 8, verse 44, He was a murderer from the beginning and has always hated the truth. There is no truth in him. When he, when he lies, it's consistent with his character, for he is a liar, and he's the father of lies. Satan also wants to kill us. You need to know that. Satan wants to kill you. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, stay alert. Watch out for the great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion. Seek him to whom he may devour. You need to understand, Satan's not just after defeating you one time. He is out to utterly destroy you. Destroy your marriage. Destroy your children. Destroy, destroy your family and everything that you are about. John 10.10 10 says, The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy that is what he is. He steals, he kills, he destroys. But Jesus said that you, I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. So everything that Satan is, God's not. Satan's hate, God's love. 
Satan's bad, God's good. Thank you, Lord. Satan brings forth guilt, God forgives. Satan brings forth confusion, God gives peace. Satan makes us bound and he keeps us in bondage, God frees. Satan defeats us, but God gives us victory. 1 John 3, 8. Jesus came for this one purpose, to destroy the works of Satan. I know he came for a lot of reasons. This scripture, I just love it because whenever I'm fighting Satan, I know I'm on the right team because Jesus came here to de- literally to destroy the works of Satan. So we're in a spiritual war. We know who the enemy is. He's Satan. Thirdly, you need to understand that God has called you to victory. He has called you to win. He has not called you and saved you in order for you to be a loser in the spirit realm. He's called you to win. Lisa and I, the first year of marriage, we made a discovery, and it was not a good discovery. It was a discovery that Lisa was broken, and I was clueless. I was literally clueless. I had no idea that Lisa had been pushing things down, pushing things down, pushing things down. And when we got married, this stuff started coming up and stinking, and it surprised her. It surprised me. I had no idea what to do. And she was dealing with depression. She was dealing with insecurity. She was dealing with abandonment issues, even eating disorders. And these are things that we, you didn't talk about in the public. We didn't know where to get help. And so God began over a 30-year period to teach her and to teach, and to teach me uh, what needs to happen. I'll tell you what I've seen Lisa do. I've seen her never quit. She's refused to quit. She's refused to medicate herself. She's, re- she's refused to accept defeat in her life. But I tell you what she has done. She has pressed into God every day of her life. She has made worship a priority in her life. She's gotten the word and she's devoured the word in her life. She has spoken the word over her life, over her soul, her mind, will, and emotions. And guess what? I see. I see someone who wins. I see someone who wins. I see someone who wins, who is more than a conqueror. The Bible says that we are winners. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 57, it says, But thanks be to God who gives us the victory. Thanks be to God who gives us the victory through Jesus Christ. Uh, Revelation 12, verse 11 says that they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of the testimony. You wonder why I love the cross so much. Because it involves the blood. And the blood involves victory. And we can overcome the enemy by the blood of the Lamb and the word of the testimony. Listen to me, church. Listen to me, online congregation. You don't have to be bound anymore. You can walk in freedom. You don't have to walk in addictions. You don't have to be full of lust. You don't have to be full of phobias and fear. No matter what it is that the enemy's thrown at you, you need to understand God has provided a way. It's the blood of Jesus, the name of Jesus, and the word of God. But you ask the $64,000 question. So if we have the power to break the attacks of the enemy, then why am I still walking in defeat? one of two reasons. Number one, you were like me. You were ignorant. You just didn't know. And I pray that today, I've been working on it hard, all right? I've been praying that, that you're getting it. You're getting some of this truth. You're, you're starting to get some faith. The second thing would be you just allow it. 
I just chose and I'm not going to allow it. And when God points it out, I'm like, oh, no, I'm not allowing that. Why do you not allow it? Well, how do you, why would you allow it? I don't like that stuff. I want it broken off of me. I've got the blood of Jesus, the name of Jesus, the cross, and we can stand against it. The only power that Satan has over us is what we allow him to have. Now, I understand the power of positive thinking. We need to have that. That's good. We don't need to be negative. I understand the power of changing habits. 21 days, 21 days straight and you change and you make a habit. I got it. Good. That's good stuff. I understand having sheer willpower and having discipline in, in, in order to, to bring about change in your life. All those things are good. But listen to me. Listen to me well. You will never win in the spirit realm by fighting in the natural realm. You're literally, in many ways, using the natural means, the practical means, to deal with spiritual problems. And it won't work. It won't work. Why is it that when we have problems, that immediately, immediately we go to the natural, we go to the practical. We're sick, what do we do? What's the first thing we do? Man, we start reaching for vitamins, okay? We start, you know, pouring ourselves oil, you know, and I'm not talking about anointing oil either. We go to the doctor, care now. We, do we ever deal with the spirit, right? Maybe it's the enemy coming after us. I'm not saying it. I, I'm, I know I'm a little crazy. I'm just trying to get you out of your box a little bit, okay? When we deal with addiction, what do we do immediately? Well, getting a 12-step program. Well, what about praying? It might be a demon. How about let's just break it off if it's a demon? When we get down, some of we get down in gloom and all of a sudden we've heard so much about depression and medicine. I need to get medicine. I need to go to the psychiatrist. I need. Have you dealt with it spiritually? Maybe there was an open door. That you opened the door for the enemy. Maybe, maybe it's demonic. When the Bible says in his presence there's fullness of joy, and if you're not in joy, I, it's not God, okay? There's a good chance it's the devil. Why go after just the practical? Why not go with the spiritual first? 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 through 5, and then we're just about done. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. I would be willing to say that most of us, our warring is done in the flesh. I, I confess it. I do it many, many times. For the weapons of our warfare, they're not of the flesh. So God's given you all kind of weapons, but unfortunately it's not... Not, they're not fleshly. They're from the Bible. They're from the Spirit. But they're divinely powerful. These weapons are divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses. Some of you are here today and you feel like there's been, there's so much junk on you. And it's like the enemy has wrapped it around and fortified this in your life and has said you will never change. And I'm telling you, he says he gives us weapons for the destruction of fortresses. 
my sophomore year in college is when I got set free. I had been a mess leading up to it. And I know many of you have been a mess before God gets a hold of you. And uh, I was in a lot of wrong places, but that night I was in a right place. I was in the Dallas Convention Center downtown, and I was at some meeting. I'd never been to this meeting before. I really don't even know. Only God got me at the meeting. I got there hours before. I didn't have a car, didn't have a phone, but I, I got a really good seat. I was sitting right there, front and center. And I didn't even know what the meeting was about. I'd just been invited. I told the Lord I was so desperate. Anybody who asked me to do anything Christian, I'm doing it. So I did it. So I'm there, and I see people starting to practice their worship, you know, and, and, uh, and then I see people like starting to lift their hands when he get, kicks it off, and, and I remember I had some experience with people who lifted their hands, and they were crazy. I mean, these people were crazy, and some stuff happened that were crazy. I'm like, I'll never, I, have to, I never lift my hands. There's no way. And the, the preacher got up, and he started sharing and this is what he started sharing. I'm on the front row. And he's like telling a testimony about how when he would preach as an evangelist, there were times that he was, that he was lusting after the women in the congregation. I'm like, dude, stop while you're at. Stop. This is terrible. Do not. I'd never heard anything like that from the pulpit. Then he says, then I'd go home and I was ugly and mean to my wife. And anger filled my home with my children. And, he was, and I was feeling for him at this time. But then he said, a man came to me. And he told me about spiritual warfare. And he prayed over me. I repented. And God touched me and set me free. He had me at that point. And he says, if you want to be set free tonight, if you want the power of God to fall in your life, I want you to come forward right now. Well, I had like five steps. I was right there. And by the time I got there, I couldn't see anybody, anything. I had no idea if anybody was around me because my eyes were just flooded with tears. And I said, oh, Lord, I'm so sorry. I'll do anything for you. And I just heard in a still small voice, well, will you go ahead and just lift up those hands for me? It was nothing to it. He was not looking for me to lift my hands. He was looking for me to surrender my heart. And I surrendered my heart and I lifted my hands to him. And I'm going to tell you something. God touched me that evening. He set me free and I've never, ever gotten over it again. He wants to do that for you even right now. I know we don't have a lot of time, but God doesn't need a lot of time. He just comes in. says he comes in like a dove. You know, a, spirit, a dove comes in fast, all right? And we're going to believe that even today that God's going to move in our lives. Thanks for listening to the Church 1132 broadcast. You can join us live every Sunday during our worship experience or at church1132.com.